Folks, we're back for the uh, week two matchup reviews. We're going to talk shit about everybody, including me, because my team sucks. Uh, it's just me and Jay tonight. Jay, introduce yourself. What it do, baby? <laughs> uh, we're going to try to keep Jay away from the wax until we're done recording tonight so we get some take for it. We'll jump right in here. We're going to start off with Neil versus David here. Um, you know, I have to listen back last week to exactly what we said, but I think we kind of really kind of saw this one coming. You know, Neil had some shitty matchups. Um, David just kind of had the better play. I mean, it wasn't a huge blowout, but I think we all kind of expected David to win. But I think what's funny with David's team is that, you know, post-draft, we're like, all right, he's got two really good running backs, but his receiver court needs work. And now two weeks in, his receivers are some of the best in the league, and his running backs are kind of letting him down. Um, so I think that's interesting. It's good to see Zach Ertz on his team kind of coming back to life. I mean, 16 targets and only getting eight receptions is kind of disappointing, but it's still a good score. Um, you know, Neil's team didn't really let him down. Just nobody scored over 20 points, and you need at least one blow-up guy to really take you through victory. So, there's two decent performances, but I think we kind of saw this one coming. What do you think, Jay? Um, yeah, actually, from my memory, I think we were leaning towards Neil. Um, at least I was pretty confident in Neil from my memory, and I remember at least – one of you, you or Garrett, were as well. But, I mean, like, Hopkins, uh, Ramsey's one of the best corners in the league, but five receptions for 40 yards certainly wasn't really expected. Um, and Fournette and Mixon kind of didn't do what they usually do. And, yeah, David, his receiver matchups we were expecting, uh, we, and they did perform as expected. Um, but, yeah, I'm just a little – Shocked by the underperformance of Neil's team. Um, I mean, just Cincinnati's game flow didn't really give uh, Mixon a chance to get going because uh, it was San Francisco that ran the ball over 40 times. Lindsey, obviously, against Chicago's defense. You guys saw that coming. I thought he put up at least 10, only scrapped about 10. Freeman, I think, put up more. Um, but, yeah, David's receivers um, – and just overall, kind of, I don't know, depth, at least with quarterback and defense helped him. Yeah, I mean, his team, I mean, again, you think Ronald Jones put up less than a point, and he still put up 145. So, I mean, I think his team is definitely one to watch out for. But, yeah, I, I would have to listen back to last week now that I'm looking at all these matchups because on both sides they had on paper shitty matchups. I mean, Galladay going against Hayward and still put up 26 points. Like, we weren't really expecting that, so – yeah, I'm probably just talking out my ass there. Um, I mean, two good defensive performances, you know. Um, like we said, it's just tough to see Neil's team not have a real superstar player um, for the week, at least. I mean, obviously Hopkins, but nobody expected Ramsey to shut him down. But, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the scores we're going to see from these teams going week to week. I feel like Neil's floor is about 125, 130, and he's going to hit those 160-point weeks. Um, and I feel like similar for David, maybe a little more upside. But, uh this one was just kind of, at least in my opinion, came down to just a, a 50-50 toss-up week about who, who scores more points. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad performance on either side. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like you said, David's team being pretty deep helps him. You know, like David Johnson wasn't able to get going that much, running the ball, also missed a quarter or so with his wrist. But, like, Ertz made up a ton of targets without Deshaun and Alshon in there. So that helps him. When, um, meanwhile, Neil doesn't have – 
quite the other depth on his roster, starting roster to help him if guys like Hopkins don't perform. Right. No, I agree. All right, we can move on to the next one then. We got James versus George, just the battle of shitheads. James getting the 2-0 and start just by sheer luck or because he prays enough to God and pretends he's not gay, so, you know, he gets the blessings. Um, but just two shitty scores this week. I mean, Russell Wilson did a lot better than a lot of people expected him at Pittsburgh. Woods is a huge letdown. He's one of the most consistent receivers. Watkins coming down after a 50-point week. Um, I mean, Deshaun Jackson screwed him. I mean, but either way, give Deshaun Jackson 20 points is still not the best score. Um, Kamara is really the one to be concerned about there with uh, Breeze going out. You know, it'll be interesting to see who they start. Everybody assumed Teddy Bridgewater, but now Sean Payton's hinting it could be Taysom Hill. And, you know, honestly, we haven't seen a big sample size of that, so we don't know what's going to happen if Taysom Hill starts in terms of Kamara's production. Um, but Le'Veon Bell, I think everybody's pretty wary of him. And, you know, so far he's done 23 points, 21 points. So I think he's going to keep a solid floor for James. Um, a big week out of Greg Olson. But overall, James really kind of was held up by three big scores and just having to squeak by facing, you know, a team that kind of imploded on itself. Um, you know, on Georgia's side, Dak Prescott, you know, obviously helped him. It was good to trade for him. But Outside of that, he really just had no performers. I mean, when your when your best player outside of your QB is John Brown, you got to do something. I mean, again, you got to look at McCaffrey did seven point three, Josh Jacobs did ten, so it's an off week. But outside of those guys, there's not a huge amount of upside, especially with Damian Williams being injured here. So, you know, Georgia's team. I feel like we say this every year, but Georgia's team just gets fucked early on, and he has to just try and scramble to rebuild it throughout the year. Um, but, I mean, really, with that O.J. Howard let down, I mean, he could have easily won the week if you got a decent tight end game out of O.J. Howard, who last year was breaking off 75-yard touchdowns. So, it's rough to see. Um, and then also on James' side, I just realized he also benched Emmanuel Sanders, so that definitely could have helped him. He put, he put Sanders in place of Jackson. He actually put out a pretty good week. Um, you know, you can't blame him for the injury. So, as much as I love the shit on James, he kind of squeaked out with a week he probably should have won anyways. But uh, it's still easy to make fun of a 112. What do you think? Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. I think I discussed James's team with somebody that he is one of the best teams, but he's one of the worst managers. <laughs> uh, I'm like positive he had Manuel Sanders in there flexing over Landry, switched Landry, and like probably Sunday morning last second. And I mean, his top score could be a lot better than what it is. Um, Deshaun Jackson, it's hard to find out that guy was going to get injured. Woods would, should have done a lot better, considering Lattimore barely guard, guarded him. But um, just, yeah, I mean, poor managing. It's back-to-back weeks. He had Watkins and Jackson on the bench last week when they went up for, like, 75 combined. And meanwhile, George definitely um, kind of suffered from game flow. Josh Jacobs did not get a ton of rushes because they were down most of the game. I mean, really, just after the second after that second quarter, where Mahomes had like six trades, twenty what yard passes, you said that was nuts. Uh, Damian Williams just they just didn't run the ball that much. Plus, they had the committee. I mean, he didn't really get hurt to the fourth quarter, but he just never really got going. And Georgia's team is like exciting, but just like not a lot of promise. You know, like these guys have got decent floors, but if if McCaffrey doesn't go off, um, and the offensive line is shaky and Cam is shaky, it's it's, it's tough to see a bright future for him. Yeah, I mean, Georgia's team, every name you read down, game guy, it's just they seem to be letting him down, like, and not just letting him down, but letting him down hard. So it's really tough to salvage a, a win if all of your players are capped out at 15 points, really, you know. 
Um, I, I think he's got better days ahead, but you know he's got to get these wins early while they while they really count. Um, yeah, and but, it's just really tough. Like he's relying on really bad quarterbacks like to, to deliver to his good receivers. You know, Robinson has the most targets, but it's Trubisky back there. Even though he has a ton of time, just can't get him the ball. And Diggs, Kirk Cousins is not worth eighty four million dollars. Um, honestly, Rick Brown has the most success with him just having a young quarterback, having fun. It's great for fantasy. Having fun, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think James is uh, his whole receiving starting thing is going to get even harder when AJ Green comes back because then he's just going to have to pick between a rotation of four or five guys every week, and it's really easy to be tempted by that Sammy Watkins, Deshaun Jackson blow up games, but you know Sanders. I mean, literally every single year for the that I've been playing fantasy at least. I'm like, yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is old. Like, I don't want to draft him. It's going to be his last year. And then he, it's the same, it's the same with Larry Fitzgerald. You know, you're like, oh, this is going to be his last year. I want to get out before that. And then he just keeps going off. So, but especially with the Achilles, I don't blame James for thinking week one was like a one-off. But Sanders looks fucking good, man. So, I mean, you got to kind of got to start him going forward, especially over Landry. Um, but, again, I think, like I said, I think James was going to get this week anyways. He put himself in danger, but he managed to squeak out. Um, I, I still think he's got a pretty solid team. It's just been let down by some bad scores and just shit happening like Breeze. But we don't have to keep talking about these garbage people. Let's move on to another city matchup of uh, Hop and Joe. Another eight-point difference here with just some, some pitiful scores. I mean, Hop was crushed by Roethlisberger going out. But, uh, you know, again, outside of Dalvin Cook, he didn't have anybody go over 18 points. Um, and the one closest to that was Devontae. Uh, I think Cook is going to give him a really solid floor going forward. Um, I think there's, you know, it was a bad week for Ingram. I think there's some upside to be had. But with, you know, Gallup going out and he doesn't have a ton of depth, you know, Goodwin's to new. Those are guys that are just kind of hit or miss each week. Um, you know, I think Hop's going to average about 125 a week, but he definitely has a huge upside with these. Um, and on the other side, Joe was pretty much almost the same exact team where nobody really blew up. Um, the, the thing that, you know, is different about his team is he didn't have that Dalvin Cook somehow his consistency just pushed him ahead of hop there. I just put 15, 15 across the board. Um, but I mean, again, I think these are both similar teams with guys that have huge upside, you know, Marquise Brown, DJ Moore, obviously Antonio Brown, but there's going to be those weeks where they kind of all fall together and just have a simultaneous bad week. But I mean, and well, you've been in the league, what, three years now? I mean, ever since, you know, I joined with Joe six years ago. Every single year, Joe's team is just a blow-up or bust team, and he always seems to make the playoffs for it, but that just kind of seems to be how he likes to build his team with just huge upside and also big downside. Um, and this is kind of one of those downside weeks, but this is fantasy, so you can still win those. Um, what, do, what do you have to say? Yeah, he definitely benefited from um, just a couple kind of mistakes, but honestly, nothing that Hop really could have done to help for himself. You know, I don't think he ever would have played Goodwin or Singletary over Thompson, most are he was thinking about probably, but um, he went with the the team he, he was going to go with, and just seeing your bench outperform your starters hurts. Um, when meanwhile Joe just goes with guys like Corey Davis, who's proven to be a bust, but he can still sneak out a win. Um, getting those points from DJ Moore consistently each, each week is going to be really clutch. He's finally got somebody that that's a possession guy, but uh, yeah, Mark. Keith Brown is just a home run hitter, and Corey Davis is kind of at that at the same point. Gosh damn, Mariota had him at like fourth and two, wide open, and throws it to AJ Brown, covered, 
um, huge possession and they're down two with like 50 seconds left. It's just like a joke when you're relying on shitty quarterbacks, um, especially when you got these home run hitting receivers. Um, hopefully Marquise Brown can keep it up and he'll maybe have you more snaps, more opportunities when he gets healthier and healthier. Hop kind of is discussing trades right now because he's he needs help with Gallup going out. Um, and Devontae's really his only receiver carrying him right now. Luckily, Cook keeps performing for him. Um, and he'll be fine because of his depth. But uh, he's just got to kind of make those bright, right decisions based on matchups. And he'll get lucky. Um, and he's definitely smart enough to make the right call. Yep, time will tell what happens. Um, all right, we can move on here. We got Jake versus Garrett up next. Um, you know, Garrett falling into the Cam Newton trap. I mean, I, I don't mean to diss like Cam Newton's not a trap. I would have played him both weeks, too. It's just like he traps everybody who plays him because he's just falling apart of the seams. Um, but, you know, Garrett's team is really, really strong just, you know, depth-wise, and he was able to put up a bunch of scores that, even with a bunch of huge letdowns, gave him a 142, which would have beat most people. Um, I mean, again, we shit on Jake for the auto-draft, but he's putting together a pretty decent team considering the fact that he auto-drafted it. I mean, if you take out Kenny Stills, his kicker in D, he had pretty solid numbers across the board. Watson's obviously a huge letdown, but when his team is producing, it's just like those few holes are such big holes that if you're, you know, guy that you're relying on like Watson doesn't come through, those holes really show themselves against a decent opponent, so... Not a horrible week for Jake. Nothing to be embarrassed about, but Garrett's just putting together another juggernaut team this year. I mean, not there yet, but he's definitely on the way. And you can see what he's thinking through his trades, you know. Um, what do you think? Yeah, um, we'll see. It's not quite what luck he got last year. Um, but uh, that Evans-Godwin trade is certainly intriguing. I think the fantasy footballers were talking about that. Uh, just because it's... An, I really, if you like that situation in Tampa Bay, then you definitely are in love with one of them. But uh, I think someone like Garrett doesn't even like either. I don't like either, honestly. Uh, I would probably go with Godwin over Evans right now if I could make that trade. Uh, just because Evans is turning into that home run hitter and Jameis can't hit him. Yeah. Uh, and Godwin's that possession guy, also a touchdown red zone target. Uh, but he's getting... Um, good games out of TY and he'll consistently get that I think Brissett's proven to be uh decently mounting to what he was paid. Um I think Garrett just traded again tight end wise, but Delaney um it's kind of an underwhelming performance for him. But uh when you're able to squeeze by because of uh defense and kicker um just being an ugly part of this matchup, you know, it's he he had he had the better performers. Um his receivers are better and his uh, running backs are better. So he should win that 10 times out of 10. Um, with, when, you, when, you, when you have somebody like Minnesota defense, Dallas defense, just doing like 10 compliant points, you know, it just makes for an ugly matchup. Sorry, I'm just excited about my 40 from New England. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll leave it at that then. I um, mean, a decent show on both sides. Yeah, Garrett's just got the, I mean, Running backs combining for 70 points is always going to give you a really good chance of winning. Um, but all right, we can. Oh, we'll draft Jake. I mean, I, I called Derrick Henry go, doing well. He didn't do as well as I thought he would. And, you know, Michelle could have gone for 30 against Miami. But, you know. Well, he got, he got stopped at the one-inch line. He got stopped at the one-inch line. Should have had another yeah. six. But, uh, but that still wouldn't have changed it. But either way, it was a close 
got you versus uh, the Miami Dolphins of fantasy football, Curtis Taylor. Um, I mean, look at this guy. He had 28 out of Odell, 22 out of Boyd, and he's 50 points between two receivers, and he put up 112. Um, you know, Josh Gordon is is Josh Gordon. You got to be got to be wary. I think we literally talked about this last week. I think I said Kurt has a good team name wise, but he's just too invested into too few offenses. I mean, he's got Gordon and James White. Well, the Patriots blew out Miami and didn't need either of them. They combined for 15 points. Then you got uh, Odell, Baker, and Njoku. Odell took all of the relevant targets, and Njoku was left with nothing. So basically split Odell's 28 points between him and Njoku, yeah. and you got two 14-point performers. It's just not a smart fantasy you know, strategy to put five of your skill players on two teams, um, especially two teams that aren't you know, game script consistent every week. You never know what's going to happen with the Patriots. You never know what's going to happen with the Browns. So it's kind of what we warned Kurt about. Um, and then, you know, like we said, when you bench, uh, I mean, Freeman only did nine points, but uh, when you, when you played Duke Johnson over a star like Devonta Freeman or a past star like Devonta Freeman, if you want to knock him a little bit, it's just, you're going for, you know, that cute upside play and you really just got to stack your points where you can. But in his defense, when you have Lamar Jackson, kicker, and New England defense combined for a thousand points, you're not going to win your league. So, or you're not going to win your week. I mean, um, on your side, you know the Chubb trade's looking good for you. Cooper Cup is looking like he's fully recovered from the ACL. I'm really upset I didn't get him in any leagues this year because I really liked him um, and I thought he'd he'd be good. And he's looking like he's healthy. Keenan Allen. I mean, even when he's got Darius Slay on his ass, he still puts up a good amount of points. Lamar Jackson looks legit. Um, you know, Curtis Samuel's a good gadget player. He could easily blow up for 30. So, aside from your fun Gus Edwards play, I mean, it was a pretty dominant performance out of you. Not that, I mean, your biggest score on your bench was Rashad Penny. Not like you're going to play him. But, you know, so you, you got away with it. But <laughs> we're a good solid performance all around by your team. But, yeah, I mean, that New England defense just almost guarantees you a win. Yeah, I want to talk about for a second after the matchups about the Chicago Denver game, but I was maybe going to play Cohen, but I was really scared of that matchup and was probably going to just have a fun kind of with Burkhead if anybody. Um, but yeah, Gus Edwards was a fun, exciting play when you're playing someone like Kurt. I mean, he his his you can see exactly yeah, his his team's built on certain things. He's like, oh, the best team in the league, the Patriots. They should have some good players for me to rise. And you know, the Cleveland uh, Browns are exciting young offense, great offensive line, and good defense. Finally, like. They should actually have explosive players, but and he's got one of the top name kicker defenses. But you know, yeah, matchups are different. Everything's different, and as it seems, I assume he'd get 20 out of his kicker in defense at least, and he could barely got 15. Um, and yeah, when someone like Joku gets hurt, and you need Hotel to even do better than going off like he did, it's just you're not going to go very far. Um, and um, yeah, I could use a little running back help, and my second running back is kind of just going to be a question mark uh, for a little while. Um, but, yeah, no, I saw 17 rushes for the man week one. saw Arizona, the number one uh, – sorry, number 32 ranked rushing defense last year, and uh, I thought it would be a blowout. I actually thought his Baltimore defense would get some points and it would be a blowout, and Gus Edwards would get a few carries, maybe get like 10, 15 points. But – uh, regardless, definitely seems like Kurt needs some help. Yeah, Kurt needs help in multiple ways, but uh, we'll move on. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. We'll finish up with the with the heartbreak of the week here. Uh, me versus Manny. Talked a lot of shit. Almost had it in the bag. Alshon Jeffrey, I'm going to find you, and I'm going to find your family. 
Um, but, you know, it happens. It's fantasy. It's hard when you're going against Mahomes, um, especially the Mahomes and Kelsey stack. Honestly, the most disappointing part for me is that I scooped a $2 tight end who's currently the number one tight end in the league, and I'm fucking 0-2. Again, my team's not awful. It's not the best. I think I have better weeks ahead. Philip Rivers really let me down. I kind of fucked myself by talking about Josh Allen. Josh Allen, I really believed in Josh Allen. For some reason, I didn't fucking pick up Josh Allen. I would have won this week. Um, you know, I was just kind of too afraid to double embarrass myself if that pick fell through. So, yeah, definitely my fault. Again, if I didn't make that trade, I wouldn't have lost. But everybody thought they would make that trade if they had the chance. So, it happens. I think on Manny's side, this is kind of the, the score you're going to see from him every week. He's got a couple big guys giving him a base, but he just doesn't have much upside outside of those, you know, Chiefs players. I mean, Thielen's not looking that I'm not Thielen's looking fine, but the Vikings passing game is looking like shit. Um, so, you know, unfortunately, I just couldn't manage through this week. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, his uh, his team is so frustrating because it's like it's got a decent floor because he's got these guys that perform for two players. And so, yeah, when he has guys that, like, don't perform because they shouldn't perform, he can still beat you, and it's really frustrating. And then, like, yeah, I mean, Crowder got, what, 19, 30, or 30 targets uh, week one. I mean, things were different with Darnold and without him, you know, and the game plan was slightly different even though he was on the field the whole time. It was very likely that, or possible he could have gotten a goose egg. I was rooting for it. Um, and he, and it's just, like, frustrating when you got um, someone like Cooks guarded by Lattimore the whole time, and then he gets a 40-yard bomb down, 50-yard bomb down field. Well, and catch a um, one-yard touchdown, touch which is not his game. Yeah, you know? <laughs> one, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's not a red zone target. Um, but, yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know if you ever really realistically. Breeze. Sorry, Breeze going down also really hurt me. I forgot about that with Mike Thomas, so. I can make excuses sure. all day. The one thing actually that drove me insane, if you watch the San Francisco game, between the 20s, Burrito was just breaking off 10 yards, oh, 20 yards. Yeah. Every time they got to the red zone, they'd sub them out. I'm like, give the motherfucker a touchdown. Yeah. yeah, and now they're all saying, like, Wilson's their red zone guy. It's like, who? Like, what? These guys are better than him, and they just love him in the red zone. Right. It's ridiculous. Burrito would go for your 30-yard runs, and then he'd be tired or something for, right. for yeah. their sample, and they take him out. I'd be very frustrated, too. And Carson got rubbed by that 37-yard yeah. touchdown well, he, run by Penny. Those yards and maybe touchdown would have given, gone to him. So. Well, he had a double fumble, too, which really fun. Oh, it's Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so – and he's actually always been kind of a fumble-prone guy, but to get two in a game is like, come on, man. Um, but man. even so, he's still got three receptions. They still put him in to kill the clock. I think he's going to be all right going forward. But, yeah, just overall, just a typical game in the life of Colin. Just, uh, you know, again, I mean, we laugh about it, but, it, like, I feel like I'm so on the fucking Truman show when you watch Jameson Carter. I literally, what did I text the group? I said, he's going to have no points in the fourth quarter. He's going to catch one in the last, like, half. Had no points in the quarter. It's just predictable. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm in a simulation. Uh, maybe if I murder you all and take the crown myself, it'll just be better that way. So, it was actually so like such a exactly like I, you can't explain it. The sh- like the the catch that actually got him over the for, to get yeah, the lead he was literally almost was, yeah, <laughs> and it was almost reversed because it was like that's just crazy. It's yeah, just nuts. It's just that's how life goes. I've so had unlucky. every year. I've had at least one game that I win or lose by less than point one. So, just my well, life. I'm gonna die at fifty from stress. I'm I'm used to it. Yeah, I mean, I think to defend the rest of the league, we all would say you got super lucky two years ago with the lowest PA when you won that championship. But so I had I'm not gonna take that championship PA away from you. So I yeah. had the highest points for you. Can lick my hairy brain. <laughs> Can't take that away that championship from you. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. 
Um, that's what I've been saying is that the championship teams the last two years have been built on Zach Ertz and rookie running backs. So yeah. I was hoping for a little rookie running back and top three tight end combo myself, drafting Kittle, and I like Miles Sanders. I still think he has potential. Um, him and Montgomery are already the starting running backs. Just a matter of time before they get rid of Mike Davis and Kareem right. Cohen strictly lining up in the slot. Actually, they should really give him a wide receiver nod. That's on the Bears. They're just inept in general, so they're never going to do that. Uh, and meanwhile, I think Miles Sanders is clearly the best back in Philly. Uh, just a matter of time before he takes over as a three-down back. Right. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you, you don't know when they're going to take over. You know they will, but you don't know when. So Fantasy-wise, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, well, that's the last matchup. We want to move on to waivers, then we can talk um, about one trade. You got anything else to say? Yeah. Oh, no, I definitely have a couple things I have to defend, right? Uh, oh, it's just too week. much to, to say. All right, all right, you got the Green Day thing, right? We shit on you. Aaron got 15, Devontae got 20. You can you can suck your own dick on that one. Go for it. Yeah, well, okay, so that was like a spot-on prediction. I had to, like... Say I'm excited about that. I predicted Adams 18 and a half, Rogers 14 and a half. It was less than a point off for each. But um, what I'm just like um, concerned about was that 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 I mean, trends like that in football are so important when uh, teams are like 33 and three at home in September, things like that. Um, like the uh, amount of games that Dallas blows in December, um, things like that. Uh, just like um, who are these quarterbacks that are Kirk Cousins in the fourth quarter? Like that's really important when you're, when they're facing good teams and you're relying maybe on the pass for them to come back and they just can't deliver. And Diggs and Thielen right now are really suffering. Um, and the Broncos offense, except for like Sanders is, is really suffering. Philip Lindsay. I mean, every rush he got, I think was at least over five, six yards, but they eventually just had, they just had to pass. Um, and uh, I mean, that, that game, I could go on about that ending was absurd. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I was definitely wrong on a bunch of things. Um, I thought the Ravens' D uh, would do a lot better and that Greg Leg would do a lot better. Uh, obviously, had their crazy prediction that AB wouldn't play. Um, and that's just uh, me not trusting certain reports and me looking back in New England's history. Um, and... Uh yeah, I think that was that's pretty much it. <laughs> all right, fair enough. You you, you did all right. Uh, <laughs> all right for the waiver pickups here. Uh, the biggest money. I was I was actually kind of surprised to see twenty bucks being like the biggest pickup this week. Uh, Marcus Robinson. I knew somebody would grab him. I put a waiver claim in for him. I think everybody probably did. But the problem with spending twenty on him is that you just don't know who the fuck Mahomes is going to throw to every week. You know, like I spent the same on uh, Terry McLaurin. He's not got. He doesn't have nearly the upside, but I know he's the number one in Washington. Whereas Demarcus Robinson, he could have a goose egg, just like I mean, not a goose egg, but a shitty game, just like uh, Sammy Watkins had. Like, there's just so many options. Um, I mean, you think about the running backs. You know, they have Damian Williams hurt, Lashawn McCoy. You know, Darwin Thompson's supposed to be the guy, but who, they don't need a fucking running back. They're just throwing all over everybody. So that team is like, you want a piece of it, but every piece of it is just like what am I going to do? Like I spent seven bucks on Darwin Thompson. He might just not be anything. So they just say, fuck the running back position. So it's, it's a good pickup. It's just like, it's going to be frustrating. You know, every, I feel like it's one of those things where every time you think he's going to blow up, he's just going to shit the bed. Um, you know, Dave got Debo Samuel who he dropped a couple weeks ago, which, you know, I don't blame him for. He was the rookie receiver. And now he's suddenly the guy after Dante Pettis got all the off season talk. Um, Frank Gore for George, I think, 
I mean, the guy is fucking the infinity stone, as the you know footballers like to say. He just doesn't die. He always gets 10 points. So I don't blame him. I did the same pickup in a couple of leagues just for depth pieces. Um, you can let me know what you think about Darwin Thompson. The one that surprised me, though, was Justice Hill by Manny. I mean, did, was there an injury in the Baltimore backfield? Like, you know, I dropped yeah, no, him I'm super confused. I dropped him and just because they weren't giving him targets or, I mean, uh, carries. But I don't think anything has happened since then, right? Yeah, I don't think Manny has spent uh, anything week one or before this week. So it may, I think he should have spent uh, the amount of money that was spent on Darwin and Frank Gore. Uh, I mean, sorry, that $7 trying to get someone like Frank Gore or Darwin Thompson, Justin Hill. Justice Hill had a couple runs that were exciting, but his opportunity is not nearly there yet. Ingram is the guy, right. uh, the yeah. guy by far. Darwin Thompson, that price, I knew he would go for that. Uh, I don't think he's valued at that. Personally, I didn't even put a bid towards him because – I mean, even if Damian Williams and McCoy don't play, they got Baltimore this week, uh, Detroit next week, I think. Uh, someone's defense is pretty decent. And um, actually, their run defense is eh. But, yeah, Kansas City running the ball, you never know if they even will. And Damian Williams and McCoy easily could play this week, if not by next week. Uh, this could be a perfect breather for them. And they'd still probably do a split backfield with that other guy they have. Um, Frank Gore is kind of worth that because he's – valuable and he's still getting carries Robinson uh, actually I was very excited about him and um, grabbed him in another league and was um, a little upset and grab him earlier considering he was actually the number one guy uh, at, coming out of camp for Mahomes everyone was super excited about their connection when Tyreek was questionable with all his drama um, like early in camp early preseason they loved he loved Robinson and that was uh, before Watkins even blew up so it's like you knew Robinson was going to take that Tyreek role uh, and uh, I don't know, it kind of took away from Watkins a little bit and um, took away from um, another explosive guy. I can't even remember his name right now. Miko uh, Hartman. Miko Hartman, yeah. yeah. But well, that's that was just the point a... I was going to offer up is that Miko Hartman's just another fucking guy that was super hype. He's super fast. Like, they're all going to get there. It's just who gets the most, you know? But I mean, it's not, it's not a, it's never a bad play to play a Kansas City receiver right now. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. It's like they all have that upside. Um, yeah, outside of that, is... there's just a lot of, uh, you know, $1 pickups. I mean, Josh Allen, I did Devin Smith, the guy who's backing up Malcolm Gallup. I don't think he's going to take a spot. Like, it's just if I need to play a guy. But uh, I think he's supposed to take his, a lot more snaps and take up Gallup's role, kind of, and that offense passes a lot more now with the new offense. Yeah, but I think Gallup will be back in three weeks, so it's not like a permanent fix. I think it's just a guy if I need a flex play. I think the biggest thing that I'm seeing just now is that uh, uh, Joe dropped Jordan Howard. I mean, we both think Miles Sanders is going to be the guy, but it's still just surprising to see a guy of that, you know, draft caliber just drop straight out. But then again, I probably would drop him too just because it's hard to kill a bench spot with that. But uh, it's always – Yeah, no, a big I don't know. He wasn't worth more than – yeah, he was like less than seven bucks, I think, yeah. and at most in the draft, and he's just not getting what he was. And he yeah, – Joe needs tight end help. That's a, I think, reasonable. Uh, like price wise, though, like Devin Smith for two dollars. If he has three, four weeks of production over Gallup, he could be worth. That's like ten, twenty dollars worth of production, you know. And then guys like Witten going for free. That's a, kind of a steal. Um, he's at two straight weeks of touchdown production. Uh, Prescott proves to need him still. Yeah, I think there's some valuable pickups all around. Um, Kurt picked up Vernon Davis in this league. I'm presuming he's going to bench Odell Beckham for Vernon Davis, like he did that other league that I lit him up for. Um, but the the last thing I think we have to talk about is this trade with uh, 
God damn this fucking dog. <laughs> Last thing we have to talk about is the trade with uh, Garrett and Jake here. I think it's it's fairly fair. I mean, again, I think Garrett got the better of the trade, but that's what's going to happen when you have a strong team trading to a team in need. Um, you know, uh, Jake's team got Nelson Aguilar, who's going to be a very solid patch player for the next few weeks. Um, and, you know, also got Delaney Walker, who I think, you know, is going to be consistent. I mean, he has that blow potential, but he'll give you 8 to 10. Um, and then Garrett gets uh, Vance McDonald, who, you know, showed last week that upside that everybody kind of drafted him for last year with those touchdowns. Seems to have a good rapport with Mason Rudolph. Um, and then Deshaun Watson. We all talk about trading for quarterbacks all the time. I mean, he's one of the better ones, but he got 11 points last week. So it's just, it's always a, a shit show. I think it's a fairly even trade of just future value guys, you know. Um, yeah, it's very, very, very dependent on these individual guys' values on these players. I mean, uh, I think Garrett was shooting for Brady and got Watson instead, who fantasy-wise could probably and should probably outperform Brady. So far as not, and Jake's down on him probably. That's why you let him go. Uh, but then, like, I don't know, Aghor is probably only valuable for just however long Djax and Alshon are out, but I mean, that could be forever. So this this, this value is really just kind of determined by long-term uh, injuries on other players and how these guys value these players. Uh, yeah, I, I think just really they, neutral. I just don't know. Yeah. Right. I, I think they just kind of made this, it's more of a trade based on team needs than this talent and value, but um, I think they both kind of filled a hole they were uncomfortable with. Um, it's not some blockbuster trade that's going to blow one team one way or the other. Um, you know, I think it's pretty fair. Definitely. Um, you know, I think that's all we got for the recap episode, and we can record again tomorrow or Friday and do previews, talk about tomorrow night's game. Um, Should we maybe hop in a slight preview about tomorrow night's game um yeah i mean it's for a second it's not my favorite thursday night game with what jacksonville versus tennessee um i mean i haven't even checked what the spread is on that i'd imagine tennessee is probably minus three right um i know it's a real low over under i mean Gardner Minshew, he's a game manager he's got some some good players i think you know dj chark will probably get 10 12 points but i don't i just don't see a big blow up performance on anybody outside of Derrick Henry killing clock, you know? Yeah, I mean, I Jacksonville's suffering. Hand, you know. Exactly. Jacksonville's suffering from lack of quarterback, and these Thursday games sometimes can be high-scoring starting this week. You know, the first two weeks they're prepared, you know, it's they're kind of ready for that short week, but now they're starting to get tired a little bit, and the short week starts to affect them, starts to get these high-scoring games. So who's Jacksonville's, your who's – yeah, Derrick Henry again, like you said. Um, this could be Delaney Walker, big game. Uh, just guys like, I don't trust, uh, maybe, uh, yeah, I could go for one of those receivers maybe on Jacksonville. Shark's been looking good. I just wouldn't trust Fournette. Uh, I mean, they're just going to be really tired. They had a really tough loss. The defense was yeah. really worked. Just yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I don't know the uh, you know dimensions like height and weight of the Jacksonville receivers off the top of my head, but I imagine if any one of them has success, it's going to be whoever's their biggest guy. Because as far as I know, Tennessee's only you know good corner is Adoree Jackson. He's like super fast, but he's like five foot nine. So if you can just get a big tall guy to kind of jump up and moss him, I think one of their bigger receivers might have a decent game. But overall, I just don't know if Jacksonville has the pace to keep up with Tennessee. Like they've actually looked 
decent. Their offense is kind of crap, but their defense looks good, and I think they'll just kind of push the pace of play. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, it's just – yeah, Tennessee's been throwing Malcolm Butler on number one receivers, and he fucking blows. So definitely could see some upside from someone like Chark or another Jacksonville receiver, but you just – you don't know who it's going to be. He's got – they're all small and, and it's random every week. Yeah, it's not a game I'm going to be – dying to watch that's for sure um i think the some of these thursday and monday night games that are coming up on the schedule are just shit man like i mean last year they literally changed some teams out of the monday and thursday night slots just because they were awful so i hope they do that sooner than later just because it, it's it's shitty to see like oh i'm excited for a thursday game and you're like oh it's fucking jacksonville and tennessee like i'd rather go jerk off you know sandpaper but uh we'll see what happens if you had to pick a team who, who would you pick jacksonville or tennessee uh, Tennessee, uh, like them at minus one and a half too. Uh, what about you? Um, I probably would go Tennessee just because I feel like Jacksonville isn't going to be able to stop Derrick Henry as much as Tennessee will be able to stop Fournette just because he's their only, you know, if they stack the box and make Gardner Minshew throw it, I think they're going to have a pretty decent time, whereas Mariota is a much better scrambler. He's got some short options with Humphreys. I, I think Tennessee takes it, like I said, like 13 to 10. But Yeah, you know. I guess like 20 to 9. Right. Something like that. All right, well, if you don't have anything else to add, anything anything last minute to throw in there? Um, yeah, just I hope that no one's upset about Patriots. I mean, 40 is ridiculous, but they had some pretty good matchups the first few weeks, and that's why I grabbed them. I have them in three leagues, so can't be too upset when nobody else grabbed them. Yeah, I mean, the Patriots defense right now with their schedule is looking like better than a lot of – like I would trade a low-level skill player for the Patriots D right now, and you know how much I hate defenses, but they're <laughs> just looking unstoppable. Yeah, I can't believe there's two teams this week. Defense, the two defenses that are projected over 15 points. Who's Dallas the other one? And New England. Dallas oh, Dallas, against of course, Miami. against Miami. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Crazy. Miami is a JV squad. Yeah, it's a joke, and now they all have their safety. And oh yeah, they traded Fitzpatrick. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I think that's about all we have for today. Uh, we'll come back in a day or two and discuss the previews and how I'm going to come back and win Week Three and start my undefeated rest of the season run. It's fucking happening. Julio Jones. I'm just going to ride that big old Blacksican dick. I don't even know if he's Mexican, but his name is Julio. Um, it's going to take me to the championship. Jay, do you have anything final to say after that disgusting image? Uh, I'm just not going to try to picture that. <laughs> All right. Well, we're signing off with that. We'll see you guys in a couple of days. Peace.